Cuts, 90s Kids, and Early Otters, it's Sam and Rachel's Generation Gap. I am Sam. I am Rachel. And we are a real-life couple with a little bit of an age difference, aren't we, Rachel? We're a couple? Okay, I, I've i been kissing you for many years Wait, at this point. hold on. We Is got it... married. I feel like at this point, you have exclusive? to know we're... Yes, Rachel. <laughs> so many times I've told you this. All right. If you uh, you say know how exclusive so. it is? Well, we have a podcast together. What? Okay? Yeah, a podcast where we introduce each other to a topic that was very near and dear to our hearts from our own generation. And on that podcast, we attempt to bridge our own generation gap. Wow. Okay, this is, is starting that to sound a bell? Yeah, it's starting to sound familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for filling me in. <laughs> well, Rachel, what are our topics this week? This week we are talking toys, people. Toys. You love them. You need to buy them. Toys. You got them. You love them. <laughs> A little bit of blah, blah, blah. All right. We're talking pound puppies and Furbies. That's right. Two toys that you got to have and both aged super well. <laughs> well, Pound Puppies was a toy line that was initially produced in the 80s by Tonka. They were soft, plush, stuffed dog dolls with floppy ears and sweet, droopy eyes. Mm-hmm. And I believe lovable, huggable was the slogan. That's pretty good. That's yeah. pretty good. Furbies were like if a Gigapet uh, had a life. It was like an owl met a hamster <laughs> and it came to life and never turned off. Great. Well, I guess you'll have to explain what a gigapet is to me as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Well, there was a time when we weren't this well informed. I mean, there was a time where I didn't have a doctorate in furbish. There was a time when you weren't furbilicious. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that's a segment we like to call In the Dark. Rachel. It's so scary dark in here. Rachel. What? You know why it's scary dark in here? Why is it scary dark in here? Because it's time for (laughs) In the Scary Dark, where Sam and Rachel interview each other just to find out how much they know about this week's topics. Rachel, what do you know about Furbies? I know they are uh, probably some kind of toy. Uh, that is, you know, just process of elimination. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the word? Like, we're putting it with pound puppies. I think I can get, you know, some info just inferred. Okay, so, yeah. And then I said, furred. I did mean furbies. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. We love this. Rachel, you, you've narrowed it down to a toy, and you feel like you've figured it out. <laughs> yeah. Is that all you know? It's just a toy? I feel like toy? it's a stuffed animal, and uh-huh. my guess is that Furby probably means fur baby. Oh, okay. Oh, so maybe it's like baby versions of animals okay. or something so like, like that. So like kittens and puppies. Yeah, that's just a thought. Okay. All right. Yeah, I know that you don't know. That's why we're doing the segment. And if you had asked me what Furbies were before we paired them with pound puppies, I would be like, I would probably have thought they were like a Tom Tamagotchi kind of thing. Okay. Oh, are well, which I guess they could be. But uh, yeah, I don't think so. Okay. I want you to describe the way you think a Furby looks. Okay. Uh, similar to a beanie baby. Okay. I think it is 
a like a small like maybe a foot long no smaller <laughs> smaller <laughs> half inch subway sandwich half i mean half inch. foot half foot subway sandwich of you know soft and and like filled with like beans or something okay filled with beans and you think that furbies take like many forms so like different baby animals different baby animals so maybe there's like a calf furby and like a puppy furby and stuff like that okay and do you think that it was just a toy do you think it like spun off into oh man well considering the research we've done on previous toys throughout the generations my guess is maybe there's a franchise Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh you know maybe there's some lunch boxes a TV show. <laughs> Lunchboxes is very your generation. Oh, by really? The way. Did yeah. you guys not make lunchboxes? No, we our, our food came in paste form and we just inhaled it. No, I don't know. I just feel like it's really <laughs> 80s to be like, oh, Ninja Turtles lunchbox. Yeah, that was awesome. Okay. What do you think a Furby can do? Uh, can cheer you up. Okay. Really bring you up when you're feeling <laughs> down. <laughs> okay, great. I don't think they talk. Okay. I think right. they're just for cuddling. Okay. They can cuddle. Now, what year do you think Furbies came out or, mm. or made it big? What's What are the year or years of the Furby? Ooh, Furby years. I'm going to say, you know, 1999 to 2004. Okay. And <laughs> at that time, how much do you think a Furby cost? Ooh, good question. Um, $7.95. Okay. And... <laughs> If I were to buy one, one on, if I were to buy one on eBay right now, uh, how much would it be? Fifty cents. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, I know there was like the big rumor with the Beanie Babies that like they were gonna accrue, and those were really cheap, right? Weren't they like a dollar? Yeah, they were like five bucks. Five, bucks? Yeah. Um, five to ten. So I don't know about Furby's fame. Okay. And how many Furbies do you think have been sold? <gasps> like worldwide globally yeah. yeah i guess 10 million furbies okay. and do you think there are kinds of furbies or is there one variety how many varieties of furbies do you think there are oh well there's cows cats dogs <laughs> <laughs> spider babies and then in addition to that they have like you know ones for holidays so there's like the Christmas calf and the Christmas calf. I don't even know if we need to do the episode. All right. That's all I got for you on Furby's rage. All right. Well then I guess I should ask you some questions. Oh yeah. Drill me. All right. What do you Sam mm. know about pound puppies? Here's the thing. I know they're stuffed animals. I know they're puppies. Uh, I had a pound puppy. Excusez-moi. I had a pound puppy that I inherited from my older brother. Of course. It was a brown bloodhound. Here's the thing about pound puppies. I think they like, you rescue them from the pound. It's like a very cabbage patch kind of (laughs) vibe. But I remember them also being very flat. And so it also felt like. These puppies had been pounded down oh, to like that's a why pancake. Pound I don't think that's why, but it it works. <laughs> Sounds like they were abused. <laughs> it does. It's more of like a cartoon, like steamroller, kind of like Wiley e. Coyote, like turns into. Well, a so coin. what were pound puppies made of? Like, uh, cloth they... mm-hmm. and uh, stuffing. They're pretty standard stuffed animals. Oh, okay. 
so kind of stuffed with like like a stuffed bear kind of thing. Right, right, right. I wouldn't mm. say quite as firm. They're a little floppy, but yeah, there's definitely <laughs> stuffing in there. All right. And when do you think pound puppies were popular? Ooh, 1986. Well, just for one one blip. Yeah. They were not that big. Yeah. I think that there may have been a children's cartoon that went along with them. Ooh, merchandising. Uh, this is me speculating. I have no memory of what that. What about lunchboxes? No. <gasps> That's so sad. I think that was only for Ninja Turtles and Barbie. Those <gasps> no. were the only two toys. And G.I. Joe. How dare you? And are there different varieties? Like how many kinds of pound puppies are there? Uh, well, I, my guess is that there's different ones for different breeds of dog. I'd bet my life, not knowing anything, but for some reason I'm risking my whole, whole life. life. <laughs> I'm betting my whole life on there being a Dalmatian one. Okay. Um, I know that there's a brown bloodhound. That's the one I had. Hmm. Uh, I'll say that there were up to 12 varieties. Up to 12. Of the classic original pound puppy line. Because my guess dozen. is they had like pound pity puppies and they were like really small and really sad. And then there were like pound kitties and they were way too, like the eyes were too big. These are all guesses. <laughs> Amazing. All right. And oh wait, did you tell me how big they are? Um, yeah, they're like... You know, anywhere between like a foot long and a half inch. Oh, okay. So we're st- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just using subway measurements. Yeah, yeah. Today's yeah. episode sponsored by, by Subway, sub- where you can every time you get a foot long, you get a free half inch sandwich for free. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I guess we'll find out that and more in the future. Back, Back to, to you, future Sam and Rachel. Um, I forgot what strong opinions you have about lunchboxes. Absolutely. I, <laughs> I feel very strongly. I was a hot lunch kid. Okay. Uh-huh. I was a hot lunch. Kid. Hot lunch. Here we go. Yeah. Um, I just, I, now that a few minutes ago, I did see what a Furby looks like. Yeah. I was really wrong. Yeah. They're a were... lot more terrifying than I thought. Okay. Well, you just saw what they looked like. You didn't even have to experience them, Thank Rachel. Goodness. Um, they were very terrifying. And I want you to look at my computer screen right now because look, there are pound puppies lunchboxes. Dang it. <laughs> and thermoses. Dang. And I'm... thermoses, people. I mean, there you go. I mean, that makes sense. Um, Rachel, when I was saying in the dark, when I said, how much do you think I could get a Furby for on eBay right right now? I was currently bidding on a Furby on eBay. You were? Did you get one for $7.95? No, unfortunately, I was outbid on two separate Furbies over this week in prep for this episode. Well, I when it, when Furby released, it was thirty five dollars. Uh huh. So I bid twenty five dollars, and I was outbid for thirty dollars. So it seems like, despite inflation or whatever, hmm. Furby's still going for around thirty dollars. Wow! Yeah. And that's the down and dirty on the Furby. Mm. All right. So should we start? Should we go chronological this time? Oh yeah! Like all we, right. Yeah. I do think that. This is a this is a funny one because right before we started recording, we realized that like we didn't really like 
boot camp. We don't have Furbies or pound puppies. Yeah. Normally, when we are doing a topic, we're in the dark. Then after that, we watch the movie, listen to the music, do the research, watch the videos. But for this one, we didn't really have much of a way. We did watch a couple commercials. Yeah, we watched some commercials. We watch some news clips. Yeah. But for the most part, uh, we're really learning in the moment right now, live, as we record. You can hear the learning. It's so much learning, it's in the air. All right. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. I don't know. I'm like, is is this going to be interesting? You tell me, people at home. <laughs> All right. I want to know, Rachel. Yeah. I find it interesting. I want to know more about you so that we, yeah. so we don't have so many differences. You're right. I'm talking like this matters to the listeners, but really, this is about us. This is about you and I growing closer together. And bridging Listenership that gap. be damned. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, in the uh, in the dark, uh, you were saying that these are cabbage patch like, and you adopt them. And I just wanted to say that was really spot on. I think I might have blindly guessed a hundred percent on pound puppies. I would say you were wrong about the fact that they were flat and pounded. Here's the thing: <laughs> the one I had was flat and pounded. Here's the truth: you were like, "Oh yeah," and then there were a bunch of knockoffs, and now I'm like having like a, a, a crisis of the soul. Did I have a knockoff pound puppy inherited right. from my brother? Because I can't express like when I saw the faces on the pound puppies you were showing me, I'm like, well, those look a lot more full than, <laughs> than my Whopper looked. Well, let's learn a little bit, shall we? Let's take a seat on the learning bus. Hey, choo-choo, all <laughs> aboard the learning train. We're going to go to Pound Puppy Town. <laughs> all right. So weird like, energy today. Like I said, Pound Puppies was a toy Initially produced in the 80s, they were soft, plush, stuffed dogs uh, with floppy ears and sweet, droopy eyes. Yeah. Uh, and although I did mention Tonka initially, as in Tonka trunks. Yeah. Tonka trucks. No, Tonka trunks. Taco trucks. Taco trunks. I love a taco truck. We live in Portland. Lots of lots of taco trucks. In my research, uh, even though I did mention Tonka initially... I found that there were like 13 different toy companies that have owned and produced this toy at different times. Oh, yeah. And that's just in the United States. Mm -hmm. It's been passed around from company to company. But its beginnings are not corporate and are, in fact, really sweet. So I thought I'd just kind of share a little bit about the person that created the Pound Puppy to begin with. Yeah. And they were created by a guy named Mike Bowling who lived in Cincinnati, Ohio. Shout out Cincy. Oh, shout out to bowling as well. What a fun time. So before inventing pound puppies uh, and many years before Beanie Babies were invented, Mike Bowling worked on a Ford Motor Company assembly line. And he had never worked in toys in his life. He got the idea for the toy after giving his daughter a doll for Christmas uh, in 1983. And seeing how happy it made her as she took it everywhere she went and doted on it like it was a baby sister. Mm -hmm. And he started thinking about the things that people are most passionate about, their kids and their pets. And since he had always gotten every pet he had ever had from, quote, the pound, mm -hmm. he had this eureka moment of making a pound puppy. Now, I know you thought it was because they were flat and pounded with a chicken pounder, but actually... <laughs> 
It's because I said a steamroller. Steamroller. It was because of uh, when he was growing up, they would adopt puppies from the pound. Which, like, just the word, like, I just feel like the pound. Like now that I was like reading, no about one this. calls it the pound anymore. Right. You get dogs from a rescue. Yeah. But puppy pounds were really or a humane society. Not just a society, but a really humane one. Yeah. I realize how in the eighties. The pound was a really scary and threatening idea. Yeah. Right? So many movies, it's like the bad guy is the person who's like capturing your dog and with like a lasso on the end of a stick. You're talking about season two's Air Bud. (laughs) So anyway, that's how he kind of got the idea. And in the early days of his idea, he very smartly hired an intellectual property lawyer who encouraged him to make the toy himself and then copyright it and then trademark the name Pound Puppies, which was a very smart idea because, as I mentioned, this thing was then licensed by 12 or 13 companies. So he started making the toys himself and just like selling them through word of mouth and through his connections at the factory where he worked for Ford. And apparently Mike Bowling was turned down by 14 different companies initially. Mm -hmm. And one executive said that the puppies were, quote, the ugliest things he'd ever seen. Oh, my God. So also before he licensed Pound Puppies to any company, he just thought of the idea to send. He like handmade them Mm -hmm. and sent two of his handmade Pound Puppies to Hanna-Barbera, who made all the animated TV shows. Yeah, Scooby-Doo, the Flintstones, the Jetsons, all of those old cartoons. Exactly. And he just mailed them to Hanna-Barbera with a note, like a handwritten letter. And it said, I've invented a toy called Pound Puppies, which I think would make a great cartoon show. If you're interested, like, here's my phone number. Mm -hmm. And crazy enough, he did hear back with interest from like the vice president of Hanna-Barbera. And that was like another weird way this whole thing started. But he eventually got the toys into production in Toronto with a small company called Irwin. And they were a huge hit right away. And then shortly thereafter, Tonka took over, bought the toy uh, from Irwin, and then started producing it in the United States. Um, And I just had this quote from Mike Bowling, which I thought was sweet. Many people find it hard to believe that I ever sought to invent pound puppies for the money. I did it for the freedom and the joy it would bring me. To stay focused on what I truly wanted over the years, I taped quotes on my desk at home to remind me of my goals daily. My most favorite quote that I still have taped to my desk reads, if I can be given a living doing something that I enjoy, then that in itself is wealth. I pursued my toy idea because I wanted to get up every morning and do something I loved every day. Believe me, if I had done it just for the money, I would never have taken the huge risks I did to make it a success. So I thought that was a really nice reminder of just kind of like following your dreams and doing things that make your heart happy. And because of the success of the toy, he uh, eventually got to quit the Ford company and he went on to make many toy lines, not just pound puppies. Oh, that's interesting. What are some of the other ones? Um, nothing I had heard of, uh, something, I don't know. I, I, to be honest, I only did some cursory research, but, uh, I know there was like some mermaid toys and a bunch of other stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, making toys is cooler than making cars for sure. (laughs) Totally. Now, uh, we did watch a few commercials from the eighties. The main things that stuck out. Well, what were the things that stuck out to you from these commercials? I will say the thing that's like hilarious about them is how, they really emphasize how sad the dogs are. 
And they're like, oh, these dogs, look how sad they are. And the kids are like smiling, like, look how sad they, they are. They keep saying, these dogs are lovable and lonely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is It is good, like, kids advertising, though, to, like, put it on the kid. Like, you have to rescue them. Like, yeah. In Pokemon, you just have to catch them all. But, like, with it's <laughs> like, these dogs will be put down at the pound if you don't rescue them. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah. They really emphasize that you are rescuing them and they need you. They need mm-hmm. you to rescue them. Yeah. It really uh, tugs on the heartstrings. Really lean into the pound part yeah. of the pound puppy. But it did have a cute little uh, theme song. Sing it. Uh, I don't remember. It was like, pound, pound puppies. The only puppy puppy for me. <laughs> or something. Pound puppies. The only puppy puppy for me. <laughs> I don't know. Uh-huh. So... Tonka eventually bought and produced the Pound Puppies by 1985, and they became a quick hit. Despite being sold for, similar to your toy, they were sold for $30 a pop, which I I went and did the calculations. Guess how much that is in today's money? $65. $85. Wait. Oh, wait, because yours was longer ago. I was like, what? Yeah, yeah. Or 1986, something like that, right? Yeah. So even though they were $30 a pop, which is really expensive for a stuffed animal, Tonka sold 2.5 million pound puppies in the first year of production. Whoa. They came in a variety of colors. Nothing too exciting. We're not talking pinks and reds here. We're talking gray, brown, white, black spots, you know? Yeah, we're talking about, you know. Dog colors. Dog colors. There wasn't much uh, there. Now, Rachel, Mm -hmm. do I get to live? Was there a Dalmatian? Yes, I believe. Well, there was a white black spot one. So I think that was the Dalmatian. I think we're calling that. I get to live. Good job. You get to keep your life. (laughs) So like really similar to Cabbage Patch Kids, which you had mentioned, there were a few overlaps actually. So each one came in a little dog house. The packaging was a little like. A cardboard dog house, and then it had an adoption certificate. Mm -hmm. And if you go back to season one and you listen to the Cabbage Patch Kids uh, meets Beanie Babies episode, you'll hear a little bit more about that. Also similar to Cabbage Patch Kids, kids were supposed to care for the puppies, walk them, bathe them. And I believe it was pitched to parents as... It's an easier pet to take care of. There's no poop to scoop. So, like, get your kid a pound puppy. Right. They've been bothering you for a dog. Now you can get them a pound puppy. Exactly. Really smart. Um, And also similar to Cabbage Patch Kids is how many knockoffs were created. Some of the brand names I found were Love Mutts, (laughs) Little Lonely Pups, and Kennel Cuddles. (laughs) Uh, but you could tell it was a little. Which ones are the flat ones? Oh, I don't know. Google it. Love mutts sounds close. Love mutts. The way you could tell if it was a legit pound puppy was the main thing was that they had really distinctive plastic eyes. And this kind of reminded me of Beanie Babies. It had this heart shaped patch that said PP. And that was like only pound puppies had the heart shaped patch with the PP. Mm, the heart shape, yeah, very much. Isn't that very beanie babies? Yeah. Now, the toys popularity, of course, I think you even said this in, in the dark, spun off into TV shows and stuff, right? So first it was a TV special, and then that was pretty popular. So then there were two animated TV series and eventually a full length 
feature film called Pound Puppies and the Legends of Big Paw. <laughs> All animated. And like just so just like so many franchises mm-hmm. in uh, and like even today pound puppies were given away in kids meals at fast food restaurants it's not mcdonald's but um hardy's and pizza hut <laughs> hardy's hardy's and pizza hut i don't know look i know furbies were in mcdonald's because yeah, yeah. we watched a commercial yeah um, but yeah, that's, that's well, how you do Furbies it. Furbies right? weren't, and we'll talk about that. In oh, my bad. One thing I really enjoyed was the fact that pound puppies turned out to be the first real unisex toy, which was something that had never been done before mm. because all toys were gendered. Yeah. And this toy was for all kids. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, everybody loves a dog. Right. Who doesn't love a dog? Right. Eventually, due to the popularity, there were other lines of toys, including one that were cats called Pound Purries. <laughs> hmm hate that. That's what they were called. I hate that that's pound what they purries, were called. Pound Purries, Pound Pound Kitty Cats. <laughs> uh, I personally had two Pound Puppies at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, yeah, now that we're talking about it, I'm like, I probably had knockoffs. We already know from season one that I had a knockoff Cabbage Patch Kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure. But I definitely, like, as much as I wasn't a big toy person and I, I didn't, like, collect a lot, I did have stuffed animals growing up. Yeah. I had, like, and I specifically remember having stuffed dogs more than bears, which makes sense because I love dogs. <laughs> yeah. What color were your pound puppies? Um, one was, like, a, uh, I want to say, like, a tan color, mm-hmm. like, a, like a golden retriever. Mm-hmm. And I think I had a spotted one as yeah. well. Yeah. And uh, I pulled this quote directly from some website I was reading on, but I liked it. And it says, the story of pound puppies is one of determination, perseverance, and the bond between a child and their dog, which I thought was really sweet. So I don't... Story of perseverance. Perseverance. Yeah, because this guy, he made this... Yeah, okay, okay. This this thing himself, you know, for years, and then finally got it into the big companies. And like eventually, I mean... Now, I've got a question about the TV show of pound puppies. Oh, yeah. Did Hanna-Barbera make it? Yeah. So the first TV series, because there were a couple of them, uh, was called Pound Puppies or All New Pound Puppies. <laughs> <laughs> was created by Hanna-Barbera Productions wow. and based on the Tonka toy line. And it ran from 1986 to 1987, a little over a year. And then there was another cartoon ad- adaptation based on the franchise in 2010, I believe. What? There were so many iterations of this toy. Like I said, it was so many companies, right? So it was it, at different points in time, it was owned by Tonka, Hasbro, Playmates Toys, Galoob, Funrise, which I believe is who owns it today. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did think this was fun. Uh, this toy was made in other countries. In South Africa in the 80s, the toys went by the name Sniff Sniff. <laughs> in France, they were known as Le Pitou. In Germany, they were known as Wowzy, which I'm sure I'm saying wrong. And Pound Purries were also known as Meowzy. Well, yeah, that's better. And in Italy, they were known as 
oh god i'm gonna mess this up circa familia what you think that's right mm-hmm. yeah i don't know uh so yeah those are my those are my fun facts about palm puppies wow um you know i thoughts questions concerns i've been googling all the knockoff brands to see if i had one i think little lonely pups might have been it the thing with pound puppies they have this like weird they have jowls you know yeah you know what i mean yeah and i don't remember mine ever having jowls mine Mm. had like a flat face yeah yours was pounded into the ground yeah (laughs) um yeah and it's it's interesting to hear all these things because I think Cabbage Patch Kids, Pound Puppies, Beanie Babies, and Furbies, and a couple other things from my generation I can think of are all swirling together in this kind of soup, right? I was reading a little bit about how Hasbro and Mattel were buying up all these toy companies during the 90s, right? And one of the big things... They just kept acquiring these other companies. So when Mm. you said Tonka, I was like, oh, and I looked it up. And sure enough, Tonka, Mm -hmm. uh, Hasbro bought Tonka. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. uh, Furbies were made by Tiger Electronics, and that was bought by Hasbro. Mm. So um, they were under the same big corporate umbrella, at least for a period of time. I don't know if... um, the the companies that you saw were just like international distributors or if they were or if you know Hasbro dropped them and they were reacquired by somebody else no Hasbro oh god i can't remember Hasbro at some point um picked up pound puppies as well but also mike bowling eventually sold the patent that mm-hmm. he owned to maybe it was to Hasbro, I can't remember. I'm sure. One of the big companies. I'm sure they gave him an offer for an undisclosed ref- amount. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 100. And I believe that was in like the mid 2000, like 2010 or so. Oh. So like he did have it for like 30 years. Yeah. Um, and then finally maybe moved on, but I'm sure he made plenty of money and good on him for contracting that IP attorney in the beginning because. I mean, the guy's idea was, what if it was a teddy bear, but a dog? Yeah. So, yeah, he made off like a bandit. Yeah. Well, someone's got to do it. Hey, yeah. You know? And, you know, it was adoptable. And it came, it was, it was, I think that idea was really. I loved it. Yeah. The idea was really being, was just to be a pet. There were so many toys that were targeted at girls that were all about like caring for a A child yeah and i feel like this is the one that was a little different it didn't matter if you what gender your kid was but it was you still had to take care of your pet you Mm. know i don't know well that's interesting because i think like obviously like pound puppies here is really that unisex idea that idea of we're taking care of a pet I mean, you can even go back to Pet Rock, I suppose. But, (laughs) like, that is such a big thing in the 90s. Uh, I had the sampler platter of electronic pets, of virtual pets, of pets as toys, you know? Did they love you back? No. My Beanie Babies did. Yeah, your Beanie Babies did. And I did love my Pound Puppy. I had a couple other just like stuffed animals and stuff. Well, I I think it's interesting because it gets into like what what is important about a toy? Is it that it has cool features? Because eventually that is what it became. Like there was a time where it was like a toy is just something that you love. 
and you play with. Mm-hmm. And then it was, it has to sing. It has to eat food and poop. It has poop. to have karate chop action. It has to have, yeah, a pull string, a, whatever, you know? I mean, that's why I love my Beanie Babies so much. Because yeah. they were just things, you know? Yeah, you loved them. But so that's, that's not what we're saying. talking about no, today. No, we're not talking about Beanie Babies. We're talking about Pound Puppies and Furbies. All right, so that's my best impression of what a Furby sounds like, but imagine that all day, every day, okay? So Furbies, okay? An American electronic robotic toy that was originally released in 1998, one year off, Rachel. All right, pretty uh, good. By Tiger Electronics. Uh, Its name is derived from the word furball, not fur baby. Uh, And it is like a combination of, like I said before, like a hamster meets an owl. Or (laughs) more likely, as you identified right off the bat, Gizmo from Gremlins. Oh my gosh. The moment I saw it, I was like, it's a little, it's just scarier than I thought it would be. And it looks like a gremlin. Yeah, there was uh, rumors of a lawsuit that Warner Brothers had. Uh, against Hasbro really? and Tiger Electronics for the design of the Furby. But um, then all of a sudden, Warner Brothers said, like, no, we have a great relationship with them, just as the uh, official Gizmo the Gremlin Furby was released. Mm, that's so, how you get them. Who knows what was going on? you can give them some on. money. <laughs> yeah, who knows what was going on in the background of that deal. But the Furby was created by David Hampton, uh, a like electronics guy who served in the Navy. He was inspired by uh, the Tamagotchi. All right, Rachel, you're familiar with the Tamagotchi. So what I remember a Tamagotchi being, and I might be mixing it up with something else, but it was like it fit in the palm of your hand and was like plastic, and it was had batteries, and it, it like you had to press buttons to. Yeah, feed it was it. a little digital pet, like yeah. an egg shape, and you had like three buttons. You had to feed it. You had to clean yeah. up after it which like i i think that we vaguely talked about a, a couple of episodes ago of season two yeah of during how to time yeah so these tamagotchis uh were a big hit the year before but uh david hampton had one complaint about tamagotchis rachel and that's that it was a pet that you couldn't pet. Because mm-hmm. it was like a plastic It, it was computer. a digital thing. It was in the yeah. screen. It's not like you'd pet the casing. You yeah. know, your little pet was in the little egg. You well, know? I just looked up a picture of a Tamagotchi and whoa, nostalgia. Yeah. Like, I very much remember those and it had the little metal chain, yeah, the little ball chain. Yes. Yeah. Um, so anyway, he was frustrated that you couldn't pet the pet. So he teamed up with the people at Tiger Electronics who actually made Tamagotchi's American knockoff rival, Gigapet. Mm. Uh, Gigapet was just Tamagotchi, but instead of it being like a cute little monster thing, it was like, it's a cat. (laughs) Just a little less inventive, I think. Um, And they worked together to create the first ever successful domestic robot, the Furby. Domestic robot. This is the first time that a, a robot has been sold successfully to the American consumer in, 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 on this scale. Okay. It reminded me of like the maid from the Jetsons. <laughs> <laughs> Rosie? Rosie the robot. Oh my gosh. Hanna-Barbera all over this episode. All right. <laughs> now, what does a Furby do? Yeah. Okay. Well, first of all, they talk. Okay. Yeah. Rachel, Furbies start out by speaking Furbish. 
Okay, an original language derived from a combination of Japanese, Hebrew, and other languages that David Hampton learned while he was in the Navy. What? Okay, so it's like, like that's how they sound. Oh my God. And they're just like making their noise, but you, there was like, it came with a manual that you could translate what the Furby was saying. Yeah. So like, you know, like that means he's hungry and then you'd press his little tongue and then he'd be like, "Mm." (laughs) Mm. <laughs> really? Good, yeah. But the the thing that really is the headline about Furby and the thing that makes it, what makes it the big hit of 1998 and 1999 is that the Furbies learn. Yeah, that's crazy. Furbies were programmed. AI stuff. Yes, you you. <laughs> that's what they want you to believe. But it's actually a very clever trick they pulled on everybody. Uh, and it worked Uh, All the way up to the top, everyone believed this, that Furbies were programmed to learn English. Okay. That's not true. Sure. Furbies were programmed with a set of English phrases that they would slowly, like, start using. Right. Giving you the illusion that the creature was actually learning English, like, through you. This is fascinating. And I remember doing that with my Furby. I'd sit there and I'd try to teach it a phrase, you know, and it... Would only somehow learn, like, I'm hungry, or I love you, or something, right? Yeah. To the point where the NSA banned Furbies in the building because they were worried that the Furbies would, like, hear something and repeat something. (laughs) That's hilarious. Even though that, again, was not really in its capabilities. And in the 90s, dozens of NSA officers... We're bringing Furbies in as pets day in and day out. It was a major problem for the United States security. I mean, team. it almost took down the American government. <laughs> Thank God for our, our brave people at the NSA fighting the good fight against electronic I toys. Mean, there are a lot of electronic toys that do do that. I remember there was like a picture frame that a friend had that you could record a message and then it would save your voice. And then whenever you would press, you know, there, there were toys like that. Yeah. Yeah. But that's so interesting. Another thing that Furbies do, or rather they don't do is turn off. Ugh. There is no off switch. No nightmare to be more realistic. Furbies didn't have an off switch. Instead, they would go to sleep. (laughs) Of course. Okay. And that's, if their light sensor, the little thing right here in between their eyes, would tell them if it was dark. And they obviously knew when uh, it was quiet. So if it was dark and quiet, the Furby would eventually shut the hell up. Oh, you my know gosh. I mean? Parents must have just gone nuts. This means the best thing to do uh, when you were annoyed at your precious little gremlin was to put it <laughs> in a dark drawer and just shut it. Yeah. Which feels bad. Yeah. After you've invested so much of your heart in it, you are like... I Just go in your drawer. Go in a closet. Yeah. All right. So why the big deal? Okay. In 1998, Furbies were the biggest toy of the holiday season. Okay. Tickle Me Elmo, 1996. Beanie Babies, 1997. Whoa. But 1998 belonged to the Furby. Now, as we discussed on Beanie Babies, Beanie Babies had a decent run up all the way to 2000. Mm -hmm. Furbies, really, it's 1998 and 1999. Hmm. Similar to the Cabbage Patch Kid craze, though, uh, that year's holiday season was full of retail fights, trampling crowds, and an inflated secondary market. 
we talked about how much it retailed for, like $35, which is like $65 today. But they were going for hundreds of dollars to desperate parents on the secondary market. And you showed me a news clip of a <laughs> of a mom who had placed an ad in the newspaper because she bought she got a hold of two Furbies mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for a regular price and then placed an ad in the paper that she was selling them for $1,000 a piece. And then she's like interviewed on camera. She's like, I wouldn't pay that much money. I wouldn't pay $1,000, but we're hoping someone else does so we can like remodel our kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they wanted to redo the kitchen. I don't know. I hope I hope she was able to. Yeah. Um, Now, just to give you an idea of how much of a smash success Furby's was the first Christmas, like in in that first holiday season, the CEO of Tiger Electronics said that they would consider Furby a success if they sold two hundred and fifty thousand units. Right. Quarter of a million. Okay. In the first year. That was the idea is holiday season. Like before the next holiday season, a calendar year. Um, instead, in three months, they sold four million. Holy three months, four million. Yeah, in that first holiday season, that first three months, four million. Whoa. Uh, that year projection was fourteen million, and by the time the original Furby run ended in two thousand two, they had sold forty million worldwide. Maybe. I'm in the wrong industry. <laughs> Should I get into toys? Toys seems like a good place to have been. I don't know what toy sales are like. Toys right now. are weird because it's like there's part of it that seems really sweet because you're doing something for kids, but then but then you're, you're selling not, things to kids because then it, yes, yeah. then it becomes selling to kids. Then it starts getting them to eat McDonald's so that they'll get your toy, and it's like. And then it starts to get icky. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of, McDonald's had Mick Furbies. Okay. They weren't real Furbies because they um, they were plastic. They did have like a tuft of hair on the top where the <laughs> Furby has a tuft. But they were plastic. They weren't electronic. They didn't talk. What? They were lame. They okay. were kind of like the love mutts of their time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I would say by 2002, the craze had really died, and the true pure Furby and the Furby Baby, which was just a smaller version of the original, uh, were no longer made, okay? But it doesn't take long for them to reboot this thing, okay? Similar, it sounds like, to Pow and Puppies. Yeah. Um, In 2005, they brought the Furby back, and they look horrifying. I have to show you a 2005 Furby. Okay, because the other ones were already horrifying. No, those ones were (laughs) cute and unsettling. These ones are like, oh, I don't think that's supposed to exist. I need you to come over here. Okay. Look at this. I I think I like it better. You like this better? (laughs) It looks like it, it... hasn't stopped smoking weed since 2005. Well, show me the other ones so I can compare. Um, everybody, if you want to do what we're doing, Google Furby and then Google 2005 Furby and then just go in between the two. Look at this. So, That's- like, the the original Furby is more, like, plastic and, like... No. It looks more plasticky. It has plastic eyes and beak. Yeah. But everything else is everything fur. else is floofy. Okay, and then 2005. But look at the eyes of all of the 2005 Furbies. <laughs> yeah, they look do at, look a little high. They look They're like sleepy. monsters. They don't, where's their light sensor? I guess it's in the in fur. the eyeballs. Maybe? Yeah, I liked the light sensor. I think it makes it look cool. They also got a little bit like 
They look more egg-shaped. Yeah, they're like taller. Anyway, so uh, I would strongly encourage our listeners to Google 2005 Furbies uh, unless you're about to go to sleep. So they were supposed to be smarter and better, uh, but they just looked tired <laughs> the looking. The 2005 ones are supposed to be smarter. Oh, like the program. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, not canonically. <laughs> It's not like, oh, this Furby went to college. <laughs> this Furby comes with a degree. Okay, I have to show you the spinoff they did of Furby called okay. Shelby. I want you to guess what Shelby is. Shelby Furby? Yeah. Uh, Shelby is a wet chicken. I wish. Check out what this Shelby oh. looks like. Oh, I see. Shelby's in a shell. Yeah, Shelby is a Furby with a shell. It's so funny. And like the <laughs> shell, the one I'm looking at, the shells are kind of like iridescent. Yeah, yeah. Like they're supposed to be fancy snails. <laughs> I don't understand. Like they're Furby. Some they're... of them are a little bit vaginal. Yeah, they're clams. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's not a good look. Actually, and a little hamburgery. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> okay. So Shelby. What a failure. Okay, they try in 2016 again with Furby, okay? This Whoa. one uses an app, okay? Of and course. you would think like, oh yeah, because like they were on the the edge of technology before. Um but once the app started stopped being supported, the dolls were literally useless. Mm, sad. Yeah. But could you I, turn fact, it off? <laughs> as of two months ago, and I know this because I am a buyer for a game store, so I get a lot of solicitations from Hasbro. Yeah. As of two months ago, Hasbro has launched another version of the Furby. Really? It's brighter, more colorful, <laughs> and isn't reliant on an app. And I will say <laughs> that the newest Furby is the best looking Furby since the original. But I'm gonna Google 2023 Furby. Is it out? Yeah, it's been out for two months. Oh, okay. All right, I'm interested. <laughs> Can um, we get one? Are they just fluorescent? They kind of look like um, what were those troll dolls? Yeah, they they have more of a troll doll feel for sure. Their their tufts are like spikier, and they're just like very colorful. Really big, like magic ears. Yeah, they look magic. Yeah, and they're fluorescent colors. Yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, this is how they've evolved, but. None of them will really match for me the original Furbies of back course. in 1999. The Furby that you taught English. That's right. That's <laughs> right. And the Furby that I locked in a closet. <laughs> uh, uh, for me, my Furby, it was like black, white, and gray. It was like kind of like the, the salt and pepper Furby, <laughs> kind of. Uh, and I loved that thing. Uh, my parents didn't. Um, I bet. They much preferred my silent, non-battery-powered Beanie Babies Yeah. Uh, to the chattering, never-sleeping, oh, God, is this recording everything we say, Furby, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but I will always associate uh, Furbies with my mom uh, mm -hmm. since her hair at the time was transitioning from her jet black look to her iconic white bob okay <laughs> okay so at that time my furby and my mom had the same like salt pepper <laughs> like coloring plus you know my mom was a nurturing person and i tried to have her level of patience before inevitably shoving my furby into a dark drawer um but in also you taught your mom english i did yes yes yeah <laughs> she only knew furbish before from all her years on as a navyman um 
So is Furby indicative of its time? I'd say it very much is. Mm -hmm. It's the perfect blend of Tamagotchi and Cabbage Patch Kid for me. Um, It's the future meets the past. And like, it's hard to express how digital pets were just everything at that time. Mm, Tamagotchi, mm-hmm. Gigapet, a yeah. Pokemon is kind of a version of a digital pet. Like it's, I had a robot dog that did flips. Like uh, everything. It is so funny how, yeah, that is such a time stamp on yes. on toys. It's so funny how technology starts integrating into everything. Yeah. But uh, we have been, we, dear listeners, uh, over the past year, I don't know if we've mentioned it on the podcast, but we've been watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. (laughs) I had never seen it before, so we started watching it from the beginning and we're uh, almost done. And in in an episode we watched in like season seven, um willow's whole willow's character's thing is that she knows computers and they're trying to find something and she goes let's google it and they go what and she goes google it's the name of a search engine it's easy and it was just so strange to be like there was a time when people didn't just use that as a verb right it's just so funny anyway yeah it caught me off guard the questioning of the word what you're gonna google that like what is i remember you laughed out loud and i was like what oh right (laughs) um yeah so that's what i got on on furbies any questions ladies and gentlemen of the court yes ladies and gentlemen of the court uh and non-binary friends of the court well so i think uh one thing that's always fun to discuss with our topics is what is the intersection of these two things what's the synergy these ones seem pretty obvious in that they were toys um and, and pets and and pets yes fur ball and pound puppy mm-hmm. and of course that they were promoted at fast food restaurants and they're both hasbro <laughs> at some at one point yeah 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 i don't know is there any other like kind of intersection i'm trying to think like how old were you by the way when you had a furby and my mine would have been 1999 I bet I didn't get it that first holiday season. I I was in a small town, so I probably wasn't even aware. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm guessing we had to drive up a mountain miles to get to a mall. I mean, we did have to drive like 40 miles to get to a toy store <laughs> for sure. Uh, I believe so in that you got one in 1999 when I, of course, was, you know, if it was Christmas 1999 yeah i was doing my study abroad my junior year of college i was in israel <laughs> yeah the most christmasy place on earth it is That's it is jesus is hangout yeah in fact i don't know if we talked about y2k on the podcast i can't remember yeah, but we did. yeah people like all fled in december 1999 because they thought jesus was going to appear well they thought furbies were going to bring down the american (laughs) government so people really didn't understand technology back then and i believe i probably had my pound puppies in like 1989 or something like that you know i was probably which is like right before my parents got together (laughs) yeah you know what i mean (laughs) exactly yeah uh awesome well i feel like we did a really good job covering Furbies and pound puppies. I think we did. I think that we deserve a treat. I mean, could we have watched the pound puppies movie? Sure. And I hear, I saw that there was a Furbies movie at some point. It looks horrid. 
Oh. It's like right at the beginning of when they're like, we can just computer animate kids things. Just, and it looks really bad. And it's like 2005 Furby tie-in. It's horrid. And it's not a part of like the original craze. So. Furbies look like they should be a horror movie, not a kid's movie. They're Gremlins. Gremlins yeah. is a they're horror just movie. Gremlins. Yeah, yeah, if you want to see the Furby movie, watch Gremlins. Yeah, Gremlins is a way better <laughs> Furby movie for sure. I love it. Yeah. Um, awesome. Well, it looks like that hat near your hand right there is really wanting to get dug into. <laughs> Gross. Yeah, I'll do it. Here we go. Because guess what? It's the hat of time. Hat of time. Hat of time. Hat of time. <laughs> the hat of time is a mystical hat containing all things nostalgia from our generation gap. And when you dip your hand into the hat of time, it will show you something from your past. Oh, let me see. Oh, God. Oh, my God. What is it? Oh, my God. There were so many glaciers back then. Let me see. We've got your first kiss. My first kiss? I think we're both supposed to answer, but yes, your first kiss. Thank you, Hat of Time. Was your first kiss the Hat of Time? What? No, I don't know. What? Stop. Stop looking at me. Oh, my God. Denise, can Rachel, you get rid of the Hat of Time? we said we were exclusive. <laughs> we, I just found that out in the beginning <laughs> okay, of this episode. Okay, all right. To be fair, that's fair. <laughs> all right. Sam, tell me about your first kiss. Okay. My first kiss. Um, I'm nervous. <laughs> It was with a girl that was much older than me. You guys see a pattern here, people? Do you guys see a pattern? She was three years older than me. Oh, my god. She gosh. was like the bad girl down the street. Yeah, I bet. What was she, in fifth grade? She was in eighth grade. I was in fifth grade. Whoa, that is scandalous. It is kind of gross. Yeah, let's not think too much Maybe about she was it. seventh grade and I was fifth grade, actually. Okay, sure. Um, And, yeah. We dated because we lived near each other, and uh, we kissed. <laughs> I love how you said we dated because we lived near each other. I feel like that was the reason. <laughs> Truthfully, we saw each other often. It's the I same was reason adorable. People got married in the olden times. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Her father had good calves. I meant. <laughs> I meant what? like he would give you like a cow, you know, I was trying to do that, but it sounded like I was attracted to her father's legs. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we, uh, you know, we were on the swing sets and we technically kissed. What was, what's her name? Danny. Danny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You kissed on the swings? Yeah. I, she got into a lot of trouble with the law later in life. So, oh no yeah she was a bad girl oh no yeah. um i hope it wasn't because of your swing kiss i don't think it was no mm. I, I imagine that's one of the more wholesome things that ever happened so i'm trying so i have a first kiss story that i definitely remember and i've told on stage before but i'm wondering if there was like a more innocent one even before that one but the one that sticks out in my mind is my first kiss was jason dinker who i don't know for all i know he could listen to this like we're still friendly you've mm. met him before we yeah. went we grew up together but um I was at this Jewish, of course, Jewish um, weekend away with my family. Mm -hmm. It's called a Shabbaton, mm -hmm. and it's like a weekend away. Sounds delicious. <laughs> Just put it on 450, 45 minutes. 
comes out great. Uh, and there you go, Chabaton. And for whatever reason, like they had planned all the families were invited, but they had planned all these like events and like learning opportunities and speeches and stuff for the adults. And they had like forgotten to plan stuff for the kids. And we were all like 13. And so we all just like found a room and started playing spin the bottle. Yeah. And we were, yeah, we were, I think in seventh grade, Mm -hmm. maybe eighth grade. And, um, I just remember we're, we, we just, we played spin the bottle the whole weekend. Like that's what we did. (laughs) We had an orange juice bottle. We put it on the ground and, uh, eventually like we got to the point where we were like, well, we should probably do like French kissing, like, uh, spin the bottle Mm -hmm. because. I don't know. Why not? Yeah, you got to escalate. And I kissed Jason Danker. And wow. um, and it was a French kiss. So it was like a kiss kiss. Wow. Yeah, it was so gross, right? Yeah. And I just remember my friend uh, Emily had like, quote, dated him, which is like, what does that mean in seventh or eighth grade? It's like they, you know, hung out, held hands, kissed mm-hmm. once or twice. And I remember telling her, oh, my God, I kissed Jason. And she said, oh isn't he such a good kisser? And I was like, totally. I'm like, what? First of all, kisses seem totally gross to me. Uh, (laughs) Second of all, how do you know if it's good or not if they're gross? Like, I did not understand it, but... I remember being so terrified if I was a good kisser or not. And now you're like, good kiss, bad kiss, they're pretty close. Well, like, who have you been kissing recently? Mostly Denise. Denise? He's so handsome. Well, there you have it, friends. We have bridged a huge generation gap today. Yeah, we've opened up a whole can of worms when it comes to our own fidelity (laughs) in our relationship. But we have bridged this generation gap. We sure have. And no matter if you're a pound puppy, a Furby, a snuggle buddy, or a kitty cat careers, (laughs) you are a friend to me. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you, Sam. And hit it with With the the guitar! (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Sam and Rachel's Generation Gap. Please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Sam and Rachel Comedy. And if you like the show, please rate us highly on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Sam and Rachel's Generation Gap is produced by Sam DeRose and Rachel Rosenthal with editing from Jack Barton. Our music is by Douglas Wydick and Sweet Tea Studios. Our artwork is by Aaron Maybe Designs. And the snuggles are provided by Rosie DeGalga. Galga.